the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Better Life with Dr. Mary Ann Pinkston. Join Dr. Pinkston today as she teaches you how an integrative approach to health, combining holistic and contemporary medical information, can lead you to The Better Life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Mary Ann Pinkston. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to The Better Life with Dr. Pinkston. I am Dr. Mary Ann Pinkston, and I am here with a very good friend of mine for very, very many years, Greg Hutmeyer. I just wanted to make, make sure I always All right. say it again. He's got a, he's, it's, is it German? Yes. Yeah, so. Sprechen Sie Deutsch? See, so yeah, okay. they, he always trips me up on some new information. And, boys, he got a lot of information for you today because you work with Harbor Hospice. And hospice is like, you know, the C word, the H word, all, you know, all the words that, right. that nobody right. wants to talk not about. Not well accepted. And not well accepted, but it is a topic I absolutely love and I think is so important. So I wanted to bring this to San Antonio on the podcast and everything today. Welcome in. I'm happy to see you. Super excited about this Thank opportunity. You. There's absolutely. a lot of stuff to cover. Yes. And basically, we want to focus on empowering the elderly. Yes. Because so many times... Medicare and the benefit is obfuscated. It's not clear. It's esoteric. It's not well understood. They don't teach physicians it. No. Patients don't know what to expect. Correct. You pay into Medicare all of your life through your paycheck. So you should look forward to what that benefit is. Right. But it's not well understood. Not at so all. So our job is to explain that and help elderly understand, hey, you've got health care available to stay in your house. Right. Because the data shows 90% of us want to remain in our home, where we reside, where we've raised our kids. Sure. But that's not the way it works out. Right. The way the system is and the way Medicare pays, as many as 70% of us will end up in an impersonal institutional setting. The hospital, long-term acute 70%. care, inpatient rehab, or wow. skilled nursing facility slash nursing home. Wow. That's not necessarily where we want to go, but that's where Medicare pays. And it's like knee-jerk, that's where you go when right. you're elderly. Right. So we have to understand that that hotel, I mean the, 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 the hospital... When you're young, when you have planned procedures, wonderful place to be. Right. But if you're older, the hospital's not a good place to end up. No, it's not. That's where the sickest people are. Exactly. So we want to avoid that setting as much as possible because you don't want to come out of there with a MRSA or a resistant infection that's nosocomial because you know that's a bad bug. Exactly. So eventually with elderly, the hospital's what we call the Hotel California. You can check anytime you like, but you're not necessarily going to leave. No, that's true. That's true. And people are very resistant. They like to maintain their independence. They like to have their, you know, natural surroundings. And in the hospital, you know, you have somebody who comes in and checks on you. God, God bless them. They work so hard. All right. these nurses and right. and, uh, and caretakers. But that is not an ideal. But not only do you get the infections, but you get a lot of people who are very depressed and they die sooner. And th that's what I fear is that you, know, you go into the hospital. You, you die of, of loneliness and, and die sooner, and there's a better way to do this, a much better way. And I think most of my patients, when they hear the word hospice, think that, well, you know, I'm dying. I'm going to be dead in a couple of days. This is just nursing care to come in and help me die. And that is not what you guys do at all. It's not what you do, and you have spent an inordinate amount of time helping people understand that they can end life better and even live longer. You've told me that before. 
they can even live longer and more better quality. At it least. is statistically significant with the harbor benefit. You live longer. Yes, it's statistically significant. Also, when harbor comes on board and you're in the home. There's a revival period. 95% have a revival period. They do better. Exactly. Now, I don't know if that's going to be for two days, for two weeks, for two months. That's up to the good Lord. Right. But we know with more help, more assets, more resources, right. where you're calling the shots. Because unfortunately, most physicians like yourself don't go to the hospital anymore. Right. Right. You're seen by a hospitalist. Yes. That person doesn't know you from Adam. Absolutely. But they're calling the shots. Yes. So our goal is to bring those resources to the home where you're more in control. Mm-hmm. As soon as you leave your home... You lose control. Right. That ambulance doesn't bring you necessarily to the hospital of your choice. Mm-hmm. The ER physician is going to decide whether you're going to get admitted or not. Um, it's, it's out of your control. So our goal is to bring those resources to the home. Most people say that once they found out that's harbor benefit, they wish they would have done it sooner. Absolutely. Because you don't have to be right. thrown in the towel and stage on your deathbed. Right. It's a resource that we can help you gain with the doctor's order and figure out if you're admissible by getting into the chart, getting into your hospitalizations, what your labs are, how to get you to qualify for this benefit level because everybody should look forward to it. You've paid into this all of your life. It's free. There's never a cost. If I have free health care, you know, nobody's knocking at our door that they got these free services Mm -hmm. because end of life can be very expensive with procedures and wheelchairs and adult briefs and all those things, medications. Right. But if I was given out, like, free Spurs tickets for this upcoming season, there would be people lined up at our door. Sure. There's not in this because it's just misunderstood. Yes. That H word is this evil word. Absolutely. Where we have to tone that down and just talk maybe about more about palliative care. Because mm-hmm. these divisions came out in the teaching hospitals in 2008. The first programs, really? there was nine fellowships. So the first graduates were in two years. That's 2010. So it's a very new subspecialty. Oh, absolutely. That's after I graduated from medical school, by the way. Right. <laughs> and residency as well. Right. 2008. Right. I'm so it's new. That. It's fledgling. It's not right. well understood. It's esoteric. Right. Right. And when I was a teaching hospital rep in pharmaceuticals for 20 years, I was in didactic conferences, journal clubs, mm-hmm. um, x-ray conference was fascinating. Sure. The field of allergy was new. Mm-hmm. It was kind of seen as quasi. Mm-hmm. It wasn't surgery. It wasn't cardiology wasn't really accepted. Mm-hmm. That's the way palliative care is viewed now. Absolutely. It's new. Right. It's kind of quasi. Yeah. It's not really accepted. Right. So it's gaining Methodist transplant, especially as an excellent palliative program there. Mm-hmm. Uh, BAMSI has an excellent palliative program there. Right. And palliative is kind of a different focus on medicine right. because medicine traditionally has been doctor-driven, men-driven. Palliative care is different. It has a different approach. This benefit level was brought on by a nurse and a social worker, a woman, not a doctor, Mm because women look at things differently. Mm -hmm. Cicely Saunders was her name, came in from England, and she says, well, there's a physical person there with physical needs, physical pain. That's what medicine addresses. But then there's an emotional person there with emotional needs and emotional pain, like loneliness, like depression, like anxiety. How do you address that without just throwing an antidepressant at it? Exactly. That's why we have social workers... They look at that. They're mastered, degreed, and they work with that patient for their emotional needs. Right. Then there's a spiritual person with spiritual needs. Are they crying out? Are they frustrated? Are they in anger? Where are they at? That's why our chaplain is there, right. to help them in whatever your spiritual foundation is. We study Hinduism, Buddhism, Muslim, mm-hmm. Catholicism, Christianity, right. Judaism, the right. work. We have to serve you where you're at. Absolutely. That's our goal is not to convert you, but to love you and serve on you. Right. Then there's a social person mm-hmm. with social needs. Is the family all on the same page? Right. Are all the friends on the same page? Very rarely. I'm one of six, and my oldest brother from my mom and dad thinks very different than my youngest sister sure. does. So this is a woman's approach right. to look at things differently because 
Women are more nurturing. They're more about mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. Guys were kind of narrow, focused, myopic. Just we can't see the we got blinders on. <laughs> women look at the big I'm picture. I'm so glad you admit that. I'm kidding. So it's a different approach. That's why women so. can multitask. Sure. Their brains just. There's a book called uh, His Brain, Her Brain. Doctor Lattimore is the author. He talks about the differences in the male and the female brain. Totally different. Mm-hmm. Like unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So literally, these PET scans where the brain lights up. They do a PET scan for a guy, one particular spot lights up in one area, very <laughs> strong. They give the same task to a woman, both lobes light up all over the place, it's like spaghetti, and she's totally overboard on the same dang task. Wow, that's amazing. So it's more about nurturing and relationships, a different sure. approach, it's not just throwing meds at it. Right, so why is there such a, a resistance to hospice? It's one of the most evil words in medicine. It is. I think we live Next in to cancer or, you the, know. It's right next to your cancer's metastatic. Nobody's jumping for joy when no, you're talking about hospice. No, no, no. they're not jumping for joy. Even should. though it's the highest benefit level you can Absolutely, achieve. Absolutely, and it's So you wonderful. can stay in your casa and stay in control sure. and call the shots. Right. Because you call the shots when you're at home. Right. That's because the key. Because death is, I mean, ultimately, we are all headed. We are, our life is ending one minute at a time. Right. Ultimately, we will all right. be there. So why can't it be something that is is more of a, a, a wonderful process, something that, you know, people can look forward to, plan for? So that's something that always bothers me with patients as well, is that that is a conversation that's for a physician. I have 10 minutes, 15 minutes with right. people. How am I going to talk to them about end-of-life right. care? That is something that you guys can handle as well, right? That's our acumen, our expertise, is to go in and talk to the family and find out what their goals are. Right. What are your goals? Like I said, 90% want to remain at home in their custody. Well, sure. That's usually goal number one. Well, sure. I want to stay home where I'm comfortable, bring in the resources. Right. We can line up through our social worker, have a wheelchair ramp built for you, so you can be more independent mm-hmm. in your home. Right. Social workers are wonderful. They can arrange for meals to be delivered. We can find out different resources that are there. Absolutely. It's wonderful. The goal is stay at home. Mm-hmm. The second goal is I don't want to go to the Hotel California. Right. Because I know eventually I'm not going to check out. Right. One of these times I go, I'm on this conveyor belt and keep going back. I ain't checking out. Yeah. And the sad thing is you might love your day nurse, your day staff. Well, then comes the nighttime staff. Sure. It's somebody different. Is your family there around the clock? No. Maybe not. You're there by yourself where you could be home and bring in these resources. So most people want to remain in their home, Mm -hmm. stay out of the hospital. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. Absolutely. That's what we do is help them be in control. not be in pain, not be in fear, have things explained to them. Have, there's so many laws and paperworks and things that, you know, even the family doesn't understand. So we talk about the dying patient and their needs. But what about the family's needs and the caretaker's needs as well? Because nobody knows how to do this. Nobody talks to you about it in, in planning and leading up to that. And Correct. That's something else that you guys and no about. one's clairvoyant. Nobody's got a crystal ball of what this person's chronic kidney disease or end-stage sure. heart failure or prostate cancer looks like. Everybody's a little bit different. Absolutely. And then each family... Our goal is we're just as much for the family as we are for their patient, Absolutely. their loved one. Absolutely. So it's, it's kind of like a win, 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 win. We serve the Lord. We're a faith-based organization. We right. serve that patient. It's good for them. It's good for the family. It's good for us. It's good by God. It's right. a win, 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 win. Absolutely. There's no contract. You can walk away. Right. But most people wait too long because that benefit is just, it's not well understood. Exactly. It's, it's, it's not well understood. So there's a fear there. If I can sit down with them and overcome that fear... Hmm? Right. That's a blessing. Absolutely. Or there's ignorance because it's not well understood. So if I can explain it, it's much more likely for them to come on board. Because most doctors, I feel, don't explain it as well. I know I'm one of few doctors that will talk Bingo. to people about this right. leading up long before it's even completely necessary because there's a moment where a patient is dying. It's completely necessary. That is where I think most physicians wait for, you know, when they know that it's imminent. 
There is a place, though, where you know it's it's coming. You don't know when. They still have their faculties about them. They still have, you know, the needs, and the family wants to start to look forward, and how do we do this? Most people, most doctors will wait until it's too late. Why do, why do physicians Well, by that? training, they're trained to heal. They're trained to fix. They're mm-hmm. trained to improve. But eventually, as you get old enough, there's none other drug you can right. use, there's none other ACE inhibitor or calcium channel blocker or statin that's going to make a big difference. Sure. So the Greeks have two words for life. Learn this in church. BIOS, B-I-O-S. That's where we get biology. That's the chart. That's mm-hmm. the congestive heart failure. Sure. That's the prostate cancer. Sure. But there's Zoe, Z-O-E. Zoe's who they are. Where's their heart? Are they the lover of horses? Do they love to cook for the family? Sure. Are they the knitter? Yeah. Are they the one that loves to go outside? Are they the hiker? Who's, where's, who are they? We right. want to know where their heart is so we can love on them. Because right. that's what we do. We go in and love on you. Yeah. And if you could just stay home with us on call 24-7, Absolutely. middle of the night, middle of the night, weekends, way. we answer the phone. Right. And we're not this corporation that came in from out of town where you call on call and sure. you call in Chicago right. or someplace. Right. You call San Antonio with Harbor. We're based in San Antonio. We're from San Antonio. We're only in San Antonio. Yeah. So we... We reinvest in the community as a local organization like these national and regional chains don't. You want to really look at local organizations because that's how we strengthen San Antonio and recover from this pandemic is we contribute 70% or more back into this community. HEB is into this community. If you go to Walmart, that 60% goes to Bentonville, Arkansas. Target, it goes to Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. Uh, Starbucks, it goes to Seattle. Right. So use a local coffee shop because they reinvest in the community here. Yeah, use local organizations. Absolutely. It's a big deal for San Antonio to recover. Absolutely. So say a patient is, you know, reaching this state and, you know, the family is, is starting to see their family member go down. You know, they go to their physician. Not everybody can come to me. So they go to their physician. What, how does this get started? How do, how do they start the, the process? Because the physician most of the time won't start the process. Can patients go and ask for hospice? That's what we try to educate sure. and let them know that actually, you know, the physician works for you. You pay the physician mm-hmm. through insurance. Mm-hmm. But like my mom is real old school. She's 87. Oh, the doctor will tell me what I want. Right. I said, no, mom, they don't have telepathy. You have to tell them what true. you need. Thank you. This is true. You know, she ended up in the hospital last time, Dallas-Fort Worth. She's got congestive heart failure. issues with fluid overload. And I won't go to the hospital room. She's got a bag of saline. She goes, Greg, I feel like I'm drowning. And I thought, well, adding more fluids to a fluid level is probably not a good idea. I said, mom. Tell them that. Right. Tell your nurse, right. I feel like you I'm drowning. So they have to be outspoken and let them know space, what's going on. Yes. So when you go see your physician, who's got a limited amount of time, because mm-hmm. they have to see so many patients. and So you want to engage in conversations about what my needs are. Absolutely. So we try to get people to start talking about, what are your goals? Is your goal to stay home in control out of the hospital? Because... We don't know when the UTI is going to hit. Right. We don't know when the pneumonia is going to hit. We don't know when you're going to have your fall. So we have to be more preventative in nature before the big catastrophic episode comes. Absolutely. This elderly generation, they're the, the greatest generation of all time. Mm-hmm. They're, they're strong. They're independent. They don't want help. They've saved their money. So they don't want to be a burden on anybody. Right. But their family has to say, you know what? I'm burning out trying to care for mom. Absolutely. Mom won't speak out. Her dad's military. He won't speak up. Because right. there's data. That if you're the lone caregiver for a person with dementia, you're the only one. 40% of the time, the caregiver will pass away before the patient with dementia. Because Alzheimer's can be a 7 to 10-year course. Absolutely. And we train you because this dementia thing is going to double by 2030, Mm -hmm. triple by 2050. It's the new wicked evil. And it's like you lose who you are. Right. That personality, you lose that person. They become just a shell of themselves. It's so sad. It is. So we have to help train these people because... 
when they're having visions or they're speaking crazy things and the loved one says, you're not seeing that. Well, that just builds anxiety in that person. Sure. You're not seeing that. Right. Oh, they just... They, they, right. they, yes, they are. So they you are can't that deny that. Right? You have to figure out how do I work yeah. with them and talk to them right. and keep them at home where we can take care of them even though it's driving me batty. Right. So how do you bring on resources? Oh, okay. How do you get support? How do you get the family together? When I go up to Dallas-Fort Worth and visit my parents, I would go in in advance. I said, Dad's 93, Mom's 87. Who's in charge? Right. When we get the call, Dad's had a stroke. Yeah. Who's in charge? Right. Where are we stepping up? Who's involved? They say, oh, we don't want to talk about that. Yes, it, we do. Right. We want to talk about that because we, we live common. in a death-defying society. Absolutely. No, eventually, we're going to get the phone call. Mom's yes. had a fall. She's in the ER. Yes. Who's in charge? Who's taken over? Right. I thought it would be my sister up there because women are more nurturing. My oldest brother stepped up. Wow. I was surprised. And it always falls on one person in the family, which is very, very hard to watch that one person deal with. You know, all the all the siblings are out of town and, you know, they, they contribute maybe monetarily, but, you know, the, right. the person who sticks in and makes all the decisions and is there day to day, it has a very, very tough job. Like you say, they, oftentimes they'll get sicker than the person they're taking and care of. And this harbor often. benefit level is just as much for that family and sure. that person that's burning which out because now they might be burning out. They can reach out to the social worker. Because mm-hmm. I'm having a bad day. Right. It's somebody to And get respite and right. you know, absolutely right. and all that. Now, we're going to have to take a short break. I told you this would go incredibly fast and yeah. this is crazy. So yeah. I want to be sure everybody knows that you can find all of this uh, information and these resources. And you can go to drpbetterlife.com. I will have all of that and other information on the show. And we're going to take a short break and be right back. Fatty liver is linked to two different situations, alcohol and diabetes or obesity. In both cases, patients can have no symptoms. In the United States and in particular, Texas, the most common cause of liver disease in general is non-alcoholic fatty liver. Again, associated with overweight, obesity, and or diabetes. Additional risk factors include high cholesterol, high blood pressure, Hispanic ethnicity, and postmenopausal status. At Pinnacle Clinical Research, we offer a quick, non-invasive, ultrasound-based screening assessment called FibroScan. This test is done at no cost to you, and we do not take insurance. The test will measure the fat and stiffness in your liver and state your risk and development of fatty liver disease. You will meet with a provider immediately following your scan to go over your results. If you're interested in getting more information on your liver health, please call 210-982-0320 and schedule your FibroScan today. We are conveniently located in the Medical Center at 5109 Medical Drive. Welcome back in. I am with Greg Hutmeyer today, who is talking with me about hospice, the H word, which I love. This is a palliative care and staying at home, taking care of your loved one. This is ultimately one of my favorite subjects. And so I'm glad that you're here with me. And so we, I wanted you to talk a little bit about some of the legalities and the paperwork and, and all leading into taking care of your loved one. Not waiting till the last moment. And I, I call you together. a 10 to 15 percenter because most are not comfortable talking about right. that benefit level Absolutely. because they think it's given up. It's just the way society right, views right. things. But actually, it's just planning ahead. It's a different approach than medicine. Mm-hmm. And medicine actually, Hippocratic Oath says to do no harm. Right. So eventually, we could be doing harm because just a medication, say we use albuterol mm-hmm. for shortness of breath. 
Well, when you're a child and you use albuterol, it's very well tolerated. But as you get older, that side effect profile of tachycardia uh, and tremor, right. Right. that's significant when you're older. So yep. we have to work with that person because drugs now have a larger side effect profile to right. you. So we have to figure out how to do that. You mentioned paperwork and documentation. Yes. It's super important to consider what are called advanced directives. Yeah. And those are basically three things. Medical power of attorney, directive to physicians, and DNR, or do not resuscitate. Right. There are three C's, and I stole this from a former coworker, Roland de Leon. He says, the first is control, the second is clarity, the third is consideration. When you do medical power of attorney, what you're doing is you're designating someone to be your spokesperson if you can't speak for yourself. So if I get in a car wreck today, I'm unconscious, I'm in the hospital, who's my medical power of attorney? I've got to assign someone. It's very simple. We have the documentation. We have the paperwork. We can do that for you. It takes a notary. It takes two witnesses. Second is directive to physicians. How do you want to be treated if you have a terminal illness? How do you want to be treated if, you're, if your illness is not reversible? Do you want everything done? Do you want the feeding tubes? Do you want the intubation? Do you want dialysis? Or do you want your symptoms to under control? Right. Control my shortness of breath, control my pain, control my diarrhea, constipation, keep me comfortable, address my symptoms. Right. It's your call. It's your choice. Right. The third is DNR, do not resuscitate. I'll get to that in a minute, but if you, you have control when you have this documentation there. Because mm-hmm. when you go to the hospital and you might be out of it, the first thing they're asking about, who's POA? Right. Who's POA? Right. Who's POA here? They got to know right away. Attorney, who's in right. control? Who's it? Yeah. First thing they do. Right. So that gives you control because sure. you've got someone inside. Now it doesn't kick in until you can't make decisions for yourself. Your right. dementia is that bad, right. or you're unresponsive. Exactly. Directed to physicians just caters to. My oldest brother might think my mom wants dialysis. Where my sister says, "No, she's telling me before she does." So write it down because it gives clarity. Then. All the six siblings are on board because mom wrote it down. Exactly. The third is consideration because it's actually inconsiderate to leave that burden on your family. Right. You should be making your own call. It's not difficult. You can hire an attorney, $1,500, but we can do the paperwork for you. Right, Harbor's right. got all the paperwork. I can meet you at your home. Right. We can design this. I wanted we can get you it to done. say that. I wanted you to say you don't have to hire an attorney no, necessarily no. and pay all that money. Right. Let's right. go to DNR. DNR is do not resuscitate. So it's got this negative connotation. Do not. And it was really designed years ago for the 19-year-old that dies in the car wreck, his heart stops, the infant that drowns in the swimming pool, because it's pretty aggressive. You know, they go down two inches on your sternum to get that heart going again. Well, when you're like 80, uh, you don't have any cartilage anymore. It's all bone. It's brittle bone. But you may not want to, you know, your your condition may not really be survivable. This might be the, the best way to go but is we to live in that Grey's Anatomy world exactly. where everybody gets resuscitation exactly. and they're up doing well exactly. and they're going out to play golf at the end of the week. Right. And that's not the way no, it happens. You're breaking ribs, you're cracking ribs on an elderly person. Right. They might respond to that, but they're probably in the ICU hooked up to a bunch of machines. So I like to call it an A and D. Mm-hmm. Allow natural death. When the good Lord takes you, the good Lord takes you. Right. We're good to go. Because right. we have techniques, we can revive you, Absolutely. but you're probably not going to have much of a quality of life. So we can help you with this. And you make the documents, and then you can go alter them. Mm-hmm. If you want a DNR now, or you don't want a DNR now, you can change that and add sure. it later. Sure. You can change your directive to physicians. It is I want to be aggressive in your when control. I'm 60. Right. So when I'm 80, I no longer want to be aggressive. And you can change that. Sure. But the good thing is it clarifies it. Mm-hmm. It writes it down. It's concrete. You're in control. You're calling the shots. Mm-hmm. So there's no confusion in the family. Because if you don't have that, fights could break out in your family oh, about will. what to do. All the time. They're at the hospital and they're, they're you know, yeah. got it going on. Yeah. There's a book by uh, Dr. Heider Warwick and it's called Modern Death. And he talks about how we've changed now. Medicine has changed. Everybody used to be born at home. 
Nobody's born at home anymore. Right. Everybody used to pass at home. Right. Nobody passes at home. Right. They'd like to, but right. 70% are in impersonal and institutional settings. And they can. Right. They, they can. can if they want to. Sure. But nobody does. Medicine used to have one doc. Right. Went to the hospital, to yeah. their baby, did it all. Yeah. Now you got all kinds of different doctors for all different kinds. Of, it's very <laughs> fragmented. It it's is. very impersonal. Yes. So he's got this theory about families. It's called the seagull. And what it is is... There's the family. There's the loved one. Somebody on board here has been caring for them all these years at home by themselves, enduring everything. Well, all of a sudden, mom's in the hospital. And here comes this one from out of town. Right. And they fly in. Yes. They take over, yeah. even though they haven't been on board. Yes. They poop on everything, basically. Right. They mess everything up. Yeah. And then they fly away. He calls it right. the seagull. Yeah. The seagull comes in town, Gosh, destroys so everything, and so then flies away. We don't know if it's guilt, if they've lost their relationship, what's going on. But they mess everything up. So if you've got advanced directives written down, right. it gives clarity to everybody in the family what we're doing, how mom wants to be treated, how mom wants to, because basically your life is a book. Or if they and we want are, them to write that chapter. Absolutely. Or if they are entering into dementia and cannot make decisions, you can't take that person to the bank and make decisions at the bank. The bank is going to say, you know, she's in charge. You didn't give me a power of attorney and you need a power right. of attorney sign so that you can start to do financial decisions when they are more incapacitated. They may not be in the hospital yet. They may not, you know, uh, be unconscious, but they may not be of, you know, of their of their mind to be able to make decisions. And you have to do that ahead of time while they are still able Correct. to give you, you know, power of attorney and sign that over to you. Correct. That is one of my biggest thoughts is that people need to do that ahead of time. And it doesn't take into effect until somebody is unable. They can't do that to you right. while you are still able to make decisions. Right. So you do not lose control. But... Because nobody's got a crystal ball. Nobody right. knows Nobody when that episode's going to happen, where you need down. that, and you need that spokesperson. Absolutely, and it right. has to be done. So we are at the last minute of the show. Can you believe that? I oh, my gosh. Like so I want to make sure that everybody can find you, for sure, at Harbor Hospice. Give us a telephone number. 210-403-9911. Again, we're from San Antonio. We're only in San Antonio. Our only function is here. Our only focus is here. You don't call online uh, no, after hours and reach Chicago. Somebody so, local oh, picks up. Absolutely. It's a big deal. We reinvest in our community. Absolutely. We're nurse-led. We're nurse-owned. We've been here for 17 years now. This is our only focus. You guys are fantastic. And Anna's fantastic. The whole world. And so I wanted, want you to know you can go find this information at drpbetterlife.com. That is where the uh, not only with the radio show, but I have a podcast and a YouTube channel. So you can go and watch us and hear it as many times as you like. And that's drpbetterlife.com. Greg, thank you. You brought thank a you. very important topic uh, to uh, to the front today. And I appreciate that very much, as always. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Everybody have a, have a great day. week. You've been enjoying The Better Life with Dr. Marianne Pinkston. For more information, go to drpthebetterlife.com. That's drpthebetterlife.com. And listen next week for The Better Life with Dr. Pinkston. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.